Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. Join Pastor Kevin Bordeaux as he explores the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day challenges. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit us at www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Who are you and where the heck are we going? 
Let's look at Matthew 20 through 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Father, this morning I pray that, Lord, you would fill our hearts with your word. God, I pray as I share the vision of who we are at Thrive Church, that it would, it would resonate in every heart, God. That people will be awakened to the reality that we have a mission here in this community, God. Father, we thank you that we're not better than any other church. We thank you, God, that we're just another expression of the kingdom of God as a local assembly. And so, God, we ask this morning as we delve into your word and our mission that, God, those two would marry each other. Let us never become a, a corporate-minded organization or institution, but let us be an, an organism according to the living word of God. We ask for that this morning in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Jesus is being tested here by four different groups of people. And they're like all going at Jesus, trying to ask him a question to trick him. Now, I don't know about you guys, but isn't it kind of dumb to argue with Jesus? Has anybody ever want to argue with Jesus? No. And so they're asking him these questions, and so you have several groups of people. I don't have time to get into all the groups and what they represent. But then the final group you have is the Pharisees. And the Pharisees try to trick Jesus with this question from the Torah. The question is, what is the greatest commandment in the law? That's a trick question. Follow me here. Because the Jewish Torah had 613 laws, Old Testament laws. All They believed all the Torah was equal. So they were trying to trick Jesus to find a reason to get him in trouble. And so they asked, what is the greatest commandment in the law? So Jesus, being the scholar that he was, you understand that as a rabbi, which he was, you had to memorize the Torah. He had the Torah memorized. A lot of us can't memorize three scriptures, but Jesus had to memorize the Torah. And he did, and realized that he had to do it as a human, not as God. He came in God as God in the flesh, 100% man, 100% God. But Philippians tells us that he emptied himself out when he came to earth. So he had to learn just like every child learned. You realize that? All 613 of those laws Jesus had memorized. So here's what Jesus does. I love this. He actually quotes Deuteronomy 6.4, the Shema, right back to them. Because in Deuteronomy, it says this, and he quotes it. And this is what he says here. Jesus said to him, verse 37, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind. That was the Shema. That was the royal law. That's the big picture of the Torah. And then Jesus adds to the Torah. I like this here. Jesus adds to the Torah. He says, and you shall love your neighbors yourself. That wasn't in, in there. But him being Jesus, how many know he can add to the Torah if he wants to? Because he is God. He, he's the author of the book via the Holy Spirit. And so he says, you got to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so Jesus quickly comes at these religious leaders here and breaks down their commandments and shows them the most important. Guys, when we came together to start the vision of Thrive Church, I didn't want programs and activities and hoopla. And a crafty mission statement that looks really cool. 
Because when it comes down to it, and you see it everywhere, you, you see these, these words, you see this stuff here, that's what Jesus was saying that the essence of the church should be. And that's love God with all of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. The, the thing that scares me, though, with churches, and, and even this could be the story of this church too, is that we are more enthralled with organization, institution, and programs and we go each week and we have men's programs and women's programs and all this stuff, but we don't leave loving God more or loving people anymore. We still go and we're nasty to the waitress after church on Sundays and we're snarky to people. And we have attitudes for people and we curse at people. And it's like, really? I mean, if, if none of this stuff matters if our life isn't being changed, right? And so, and what does that change look like? It's not that you come to church more. It's not that you just know Bible scripture more. It's that you love God and you love people with all of your heart. And that's the vision of this church. When we broke it down was this, love God, love people, and pass it on. So I want you to help me this morning, can you? Now, now thank you, Daisy. Daisy's going to help me where the rest of you guys sit and observe her. I want you guys to help me. We're going to do some interaction here. I know it's, it's a cold morning. And it was 40 degrees when I left the house. And I was asking God, why did he turn the air condition down? Because I'm used to 75 all year round in Florida, so I'm, I'm having to get used to this thing. I have some friends from Miami that can agree with me. But I want you to help me here. So what we're going to do. Now, now, you guys obviously have the upper hand over here. You, okay? You guys, these guys over here are a little weak. So I need you guys to help me. You're going to be love God. You're going to be love people. And you're going to be passed it on. Can y'all do that? You, you're going to be love God. You're going to be love people. And you're going to be passed it on. So what I'm going to do is say, love God, and then you're going to repeat over here, love God. I'm going to say, love people, you're going to repeat to me, love people. And I'm going to repeat, I'm going to say, pass it on, and you're going to repeat, pass it on. Can you guys do that? Okay, all right. Let's see how good you do here on this Sunday morning. So our mission at Thrive Church is to love God. Okay, I think this one. Love people. That was pretty good. And pass it on. Actually, you guys were really good there really good. I, they they, they, they kind of tied with you guys, even though you had, you had more people sitting there. But I want this to be burned into your spirit as you're attending Thrive Church. That's what we're all about is love God, love people, and pass it on. So what I want to do is show you in those three points here what our church is all about and where we're going and what we're doing here at Thrive Church. I, I was teaching VBS one time. It's funny when you get hired on as staff at a church, um, it's like do whatever is needed. So I got hired on in my home church, a church of 400 people. And I was the executive pastor, associate pastor type role. I did everything the pastor didn't want to do and made sure it looked good for him. Uh, I, I met the, the, the associate pastor from Destination Church and we were talking. I said, yeah, man, you're the guy that does everything that he doesn't want to do. And he laughed. So my first duty was teaching a VBS class. And it's like two and a half hours long. I've never done VBS in my life. I just realized that. In Bible college, VBS was not one of your classes that you took in your master's program or doctoral program. And so I, I'm sitting down, I'm trying to explain missions to these kids. And we're sitting there and they're coming through and I love kids. They're just so awesome. <laughs> and of course I'm sharing and I'm talking and some of them have the same looks on the faces that, that you have. And, and this one little guy, Parker, seven years old, who I ended up teaching guitar to, awesome little kid, blonde hair, blue eyes. He's rubbing his eyes and as I'm teaching, again, it's, Amazing how adults do the same thing kids do during church. And he just stops. He says, what are we doing? It's like, Parker, I'm, I'm teaching, buddy. I'm teaching on missions. 
That's that's what we're doing, Parker. Oh, okay, I didn't know. Sometimes that's what it's like in church, isn't it? Like, you, know, you go to church, you hear songs, you hear a preacher. Well, I kind of like they teach the Bible. I like that, you know, they're, they're singing songs about Jesus. I think we're going to kind of start tending there. But we don't know where they're going. We don't know what their heart is. And a lot of times we sit in churches, we're rubbing our eyes like, what are we doing here? I mean, why does it really matter? Well, guys, here's why it matters today at Thrive Church. I, I want to share this with you. The first point in your notes this morning to write down is love God. That's the first point, love God. It's our mission statement. Look at Matthew 22, 37. And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind. Can I just say this? We are so adamant, in the, and, and there's two parts of this. So don't cut me off and then re-quote me wrong in posting Ten Commandments in places. Ten Commandments are a great moral guide. Do you hear me? They're a great moral guide, correct? You're on the same page. You tracking with me? But as Christians, you know what we should be posting in our schools? We should be teaching kids how to love God and love people. If somebody was in love with God, they never would murder. If somebody was in love with God, they wouldn't do the stuff they shouldn't be doing. But you can't start by setting up rules first. What we should be pushing is why can't we put Jesus' commandments everywhere? Love God. That's what we did here. You don't have the Ten Commandments in your church. Yes, sir, we do. They're right there. You see them? Love God and love people. If people learn to do that, our, our, our culture would be much different. And so Jesus said, let me break everything you've learned, Torah, obedient people, into two commands. Love God and love people. Now, if you could, if you could break Thrive Church down into three major pillars, and I can't walk this far because I've learned if I do, I'm going to hurt all of your ears with a screeching sound. So I'm going to stay right here. Right sound, men? Okay, how far can I go before I do that? No, I'm not even going to try it, man. Yeah. It was right when I was getting ready to pray for people one week, too. I was getting ready to walk to pray for people, and it was like terrible. The loudest, worst sound ever. Um, so I've learned my lesson. Love God, love people, pass it on. If you could put an arrow under each one of those, that's what our church is built on. It's in th- those three pillars. Everything we do is under love God, love people, and pass it on. So the first point in love God is this. At Thrive Church... Here's my heart. Not that you fall deeper in love with Thrive Church, but you fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ. See, a lot of people love their church, but they don't have the same love for Christ as they do the church. Now, I believe you should love your local church, and I thank God there's people that love their local church, but the problem is we come to church week in and week out, and we fall more in love with church and more in love with this guy's preaching or this, this, this people's music, but, but we, we miss the fact that we don't fall more in love with Jesus and what a travesty that if you fell more in love with Thrive Church than you did Jesus. And here's what we, we do here at, at Thrive. Sunday morning worship experience. That's, that's what we call this here. Not a service. You know why I don't call it a service? Because service is what you do for the community. Amen. It's not what you do on Sunday mornings. You're here to experience God on Sunday mornings. Here's the sun, love God is this. We gear up. Everything we do, every song, every sermon series is built so that you will fall more in love with God, that you would know the love of God and that you would experience the love of God and you would come to learn to love Him with all of your heart. That's what it's set up for. That's why we do what we do on Sunday mornings. Why do you have church on Sunday mornings? So that you will know the love of God and you'll fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ. That's our prayer. 99% of our problems could be solved if we just knew how much God really loved us and experienced that love 
in our life. We gear everything up. Here's my heart, guys. Here's my prayer every Sunday is that we have a church filled with Christ followers who simply love Jesus. That's all I'm asking of you, man. Love Jesus. Just have a heart that you love him and that you you every week come to want to know how great is that love, Ephesians 3.20 says, that surpasses anything you could imagine. Because if you don't experience the love of God, let me say this, if you don't really experience his love, you'll look everywhere else for it. You'll look for approval from people. You'll look to addiction and, and, and substance abuse things. You'll look everywhere. You, you, you'll go your whole life looking for things to fill your heart up when only it's the love of God that can do it. And a lot of problems that, that I see when, when we meet with people, you realize, and, and they're going through something, is they've never experienced that love, that you're unconditionally loved and accepted if you're in Jesus Christ. And that's my heart. And here's my prayer. I actually pray. I have a set prayer list for you guys. Yeah, for you. I pray this for you. On Mondays, I pray that you can live out what you heard on Sundays. Because oftentimes, you know, you know, Christians have this disease. When you get saved, this disease, it, it actually comes over you. It's called amnesia. And seriously, and on Mondays, you forget everything the preacher said on Sunday. And then you go back to living your same life again. And my prayer is, is that you on Mondays walk out what you've heard on Sundays. Our Wednesday night gathering is geared for you to learn to love God more. We pray, man. We just seek the Lord for about 25, 30 minutes. We pray. I mean, how not, isn't that a novel idea that the church would actually pray? Jesus said my house would be what? A house of prayer for all nations. But we'd make programs and activities and Awanas and Royal Rangers and everything else. But, but we don't have, we're not a house of prayer. We value programs and not prayer. Am I preaching okay this morning? Is this all right? Prayer, we pray for 30 minutes. And then, then check out this. This is amazing. We actually teach straight from the Bible and let you ask questions afterwards. Isn't that even crazier? Sounds like something Jesus would do is actually teach and, and pray. So here's the deal, man. We gear up everything we do so you will experience the grace, the love, and the power of God in your life. Love God. That's what Sunday morning worship experience is all about, love God. Here's the second point this morning, love people. I promised I wouldn't preach long, and with my wife doing kids, I'm not going to preach long. I'm, I'm joking. That's not the reason. I'm joking. Hey, i got to live with her. Now, I've got the best wife in the world. She is absolutely the greatest person in the history of people. Love people. Matthew twenty two thirty nine says this, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Let me just let you into this real quick. You know the reason that many people have relationship problems? They don't love themselves. Because they don't know the love of God and how much God loves them. Go back to the first point. And if you don't love your, the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. If you have a problem extending love to people, it means somewhere along the line you were damaged where somebody told you you weren't good enough, you weren't weren't worthy, you, you were this or that, and so then you can't love people. Jesus said love your neighbor as yourself. And on the second point, here's what Jesus did. He added to the Shema. This is crazy. From all these Pharisees, and they didn't say a word about it because it was real. Jesus was saying this. He was saying, love God is important. You see this cross that we have here? That's, there's two parts to it. Loving God is your vertical relationship with the Heavenly Father. But Christianity is not just you and King Jesus. I heard one of the whining ladies sing about King, just me and King Jesus. No, it's not, honey. You got it all wrong. Theologically, the song is wrong. You know what it is? It's you and God, and it's you and people. That 
is what Christianity is, friends. You can't sit at home on Sundays and just watch a TV preacher and think that you're walking in the fullness of God with no relationship. You've got to have relationships. I'm not saying that, that coming to a church service makes you have relationships. But what Jesus was saying, and follow me here and love people, that relationships matter. People matter. And here's what Jesus said in another part of the gospel. He said, they will know you're my disciples, follow this here, by your love for one another. People will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. That's like the love that we have in the body. We should have a special relationship that, that goes beyond just surface level. See, people won't know you're Christians by your love for your church or your love for Bible study or your love for Sunday school or your love for, 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 for conferences. You know how people will, will know that you really follow Christ? Your love for others. Relationships matter. So under the love people part, relationships are key. Relationships are key. And let me just say this. What we're going to be doing in 2013 is launching ministry groups and small groups. Ministry groups and small groups. We have a men's gathering that meets once a month. Um, I love it. I love getting with those men and connecting with those men and praying for each other and talking about, about things. Because you grow together when you get in small groups. We're going to be launching groups that, that meet in homes. Some are going to meet here. But we're going to have small groups that meet. Because can I tell you the secret? You can grow if you're really good at learning, which probably only 15% are really good listeners and note takers in this room. And they're all taking notes right now. <laughs> Joking. You grow the most when you're sitting in a circle talking to people and you're learning that way. That's how you grow the most. Do you, you know, I have a guy that I'm discipling and, and he's actually going to be moving here to pastor uh, about two hours away. And I remember when he got saved, came to the altar. It was like a radical transformation because this guy was out there. He's like me, full of tattoos and drugs and everything else. He gave his life to Christ. And I started inviting him and a couple other guys out to a Mexican restaurant. I wasn't a pastor. I was just a guy that went to church. And I would share with them the word. Both of them are pastors today. And I would say, hey, man, do you remember in the book of Acts when this happened? And, that, and they said, you know what? You would challenge us because, no, we didn't know what happened in the book of Acts. We never read the book of Acts. We didn't know what was going on in the book of Acts. And they would go read it. And, he, and today, I had my, my friend texted me. He said, man, I want to tell you something. He said, I've been to Bible college, got a bachelor's. I've been to some great pastors. He said, but you know what changed my life? It was Mexican restaurant on Friday nights, learning about the Bible and asking questions. That was a small group. I didn't know what small groups even were back then. And so what we want to do is create environments where you sit around and you pray together, you talk to, and you do life together. That's the health of a church. And it's like this. I mean, follow me here. Just, just, just check in. Back in the day, Sunday school was the model, right? And for some churches, Sunday school still works. But there's nothing magical in Sunday school. You'll hear people say, man, Sunday school, man, Sunday school. Oh, my God, Sunday school. You know what Sunday school was? Small groups. You just got people together in groups, and they just grew together, and they raised kids together, and they just got older together. I mean, I, I, I've seen that. There's nothing magical. It's just relationships. And a lot of times we hold the method as holy when it's really the principle that matters, right? Break them into small groups. Let me say this. this is what G and Jesus did this. You were saying, I don't know, Pastor. I really don't know. Can I just show you two points from the Bible? When Jesus fed the 5,000, listen to me here. Number one, let me say this. Our church has grown rapidly and continues to grow. We, we, again, it was very, very tiny when we got here. There's, there's, that's awesome, but it also presents a problem. And people say, well, I don't know everybody's name. Why didn't Jesus mention that when he had over 20,000 people come to eat? 
guys, no, 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 no. Send the 5,000 men and their families back because they don't know everybody's name. And we cannot gather if you don't know everybody's name. But you do want to have relationships, don't you? You don't want to just come to a building and hear some bald-headed guy talk every week about the Bible. You want relationships. And Jesus knew where he knew it. And watch this. You know the miracle of the feeding the 5,000, the fish and the loaves? He took just a small little boy's lunch, his long John Silver's bag. He took it, and it became a miracle. But he told the disciples, break them into 50s. Break them into smaller groups where this stuff can happen. Can I tell you that in smaller groups, miracles happen? In smaller groups, miracles happen. Our prayer team, I, I came in Wednesday night, and I'm walking, I'm watching our prayer team over there talk and connect. You, you can do ministry together and connect. It's small groups where you have people you can connect with. Relationships matter. Love people. The miracle happened in smaller groups. And let me just say this here. Can I be real with you for a second? Is that yes or, or no? You know I'm going to do it anyway, right? I'm just going to say this. I, I, I don't know everybody's name here. I try really hard. I mean, I, seriously, I do. Like, like I get guest cards out and try to memorize. And I miss it sometimes. And forgive me if I do. You need to just thump me in the ear if I miss it and remind me. If you want to learn people's name, guess what you have to do? Work at it. The reason we do meet and greet time is not because I need a break. It's not like, hey, guys, shake hands and talk because I really need a break, need to take a rest before I preach. I want you to actually meet people and get to know people, and that's why we do that here. We do our meet and greet time. It's actually strategic. You see what I'm saying? Work to, And you've got to work at it. If you want to know people and get to meet people, the Bible says this, if you're still not convinced, those who have friends do what? Show themselves friendly. That's what the Bible teaches us. So that's just, just a word of advice. Don't get mad at me. The Bible says it with that. But next year, kicking off into groups, we have a, a student ministries group on Wednesday night. Jordan's ready every Wednesday to meet with students and connect with students in small group and disciple them and meet with them. Our kids' ministry on Wednesday nights, our kids on Sunday mornings, we want to have ministries where people break into smaller groups. And here's my prayer. And can you guys help me with this? Okay, good. My prayer is that everybody that thrives involved in a group of some sort. Wouldn't that be awesome? I really do. I pray that I could be like, the biggest stat about our church is 85% of people are involved in groups. That's what my heart would leap for if people could be involved in that. Love people, get in groups, connect with people, build relationships with that. And here's the final point this morning. I told you I won't preach long. Everybody said, Amen. y'all got real Pentecostal on me, didn't you? Y'all are quiet. The whole, I mean, I'm preaching about the love of God. Everybody's quiet. And I'm like, it's my last point. Y'all are like, praise God. Got real spirit filled in here real quick. Third point is pass it on. Pass it on. And the reason I'm doing this is when you see these signs and stuff, you can visualize where we're going. And I pulled this out of Mark 10, 45. And this should be in your talk notes that you got as you came in. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus, on many occasions, was out serving his disciples. Now, what we do for church, and, and hear me out again, don't listen to half of it and then be like, yeah, I thought you said this, because I didn't. Listen to all of it here for a second. You know how what we really end up doing at church, instead of getting involved serving, we end up just becoming attenders. 
And we find churches, not where we can serve our community and serve and do things and plug in. We often find a church that we like the best. But let me say this here, time out. You should like the church you go to. (laughs) If you don't, it's like a restaurant. If you don't like the restaurant, then guess what? It's going to get really bad really quick. So you should like the church. Don't get me wrong with that. But we don't look beyond that when we just become attenders. And don't you think about this. We give our life to Christ, and instead of becoming a Christ follower, we become a church attender. Now, I want you to attend church. Don't you hear me here. But the goal of this church is just a vehicle to get you to follow Christ and be able to serve what God has called you to do in your life. And here's the sad part is this. If you're just a church attender and not a Christ follower, you never learn the art of sacrifice. You never learn the art of sacrifice. And one of the keys to discipleship is learning to sacrifice that you can serve other people. Can I just say this? I do stuff daily at this church that I don't like to do. There are reports and there's things I do that I don't want to do. And every day I come in and sit in that office right up there, I'm like, man, I don't want to do it. But I know it's going to benefit this church, so guess what? I take time to do that. And if you're going to live out, pass it on. Here's the key. Serving. Where are you sacrificing at in the local church or the community? And it's not just local church here. Where are you serving the local church? But where are you serving in the community? Do, do, do you take time to volunteer and get involved with what the community is doing as well? That's why a lot of times we don't do certain events. We'll just partner with them, and I'll post it for you to get involved with it. Like with Chasm, our Thanksgiving thing. They fed 2,200 families. Why should I come and try to do a turkey dinner for somebody instead of just partnering with them? Amen? Uh, getting involved with the community, serving. Where are you serving at in the, in the local church? Do you know that every great thing that happens starts by serving somewhere small and even studies tell us this those that volunteer and give are happier in life i mean oprah winfrey has it figured out and tells people this and they go do it but people in the church won't listen to the pastor when he tells them to do it she's literally taken this antichrist woman who does not know jesus and i'm telling you the truth she's taken biblical principles and sharing it with the world, and the world is, is, is given to charities, and they're volunteering, and, they're, and they find happiness because the Bible says that, that those who refresh others will be refreshed themselves. Anytime I sit with Mr. Huey, and, and Mr. Huey's on the front row up here, 62 years he's been at the core group of this church before we got here. He, you know, he's, there's not a, a week that goes by that he's going to come to me and say, Pastor, I believe you just need to tell the people they need to give and serve more because that's where happiness comes. Now, now, you can look at me and think that I just want your money, and that's not what I'm after. But I can tell you something. I want to be where he's at when I'm that age, where I'm looking back saying I'm happy and fulfilled because many of you are trying to find fulfillment and you're trying to find satisfaction outside of what the Bible tells us we can find it. And one of the things you'll find that people who, who, who give and people who serve in their life are usually happier people. And let me say this, if you've really received the love of God, pass it on. And here's what we do at Thrive Church. We have a Nehemiah principle, and follow me here with serving. Because have you ever been in a church where you serve, and then like you get into a classroom, and you're there for 30 years? Y'all laughing like some of y'all been there. My grandmother is 87, she'll, she still teaches toddler Sunday school. 35, y'all laugh? 35 years, she's been teaching toddler Sunday school. I mean, somebody... 
Step up and help this lady, please. I mean, come on. I mean, she's been there and she still drives to church, 87 years old, full of the Holy Spirit. She loves God. She serves and gives and she's happy. So if you're looking for happiness, that may be a good place to start, right? But let me say this, what we try to do here at Thrive Church is the Nehemiah principle. In the book of Nehemiah, follow me, everybody had one place on the wall that they served. One person didn't have a section of the wall. Everybody had a part of the wall. You follow me? Everybody had a piece, but nobody had to do everything. And the statistics in church show us that 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. Stats also show us, you know this, that 80% of the bills are paid by 20% of the people. I want this to be Nehemiah Church, where everybody says, I do this. Whether you bake for the cafe, whether you greet, whether you work in kids' ministry, whether you're part of a, a prayer group, whether you're part, whatever you're part of here, music team, whatever it is, prayer counselors, that everybody picks up a piece of the brick and says, we're going to build this wall together. And you need to look at your brothers and sisters and say, I will not let you serve and be locked in a room the rest of your life. It's not on the pastor. It's on us as a body. That's why we have rotating schedules. You see that? That's why we do that. I thank God that I have people that that will say whatever it takes. But here's the other thing too. Can I be real with you? You may have to try several different parts of the wall before you find your wall. The thing about Thrive is this, and here's what I'm going to be real with you about. You can say, you know what, I'm going to try kids, or I'll try this, I'll try that. But if something's not what you really like to do at all, and just just give us some time to get you out of there. Give us, you know, a couple weeks, and we'll find where you want to serve at. We'll find where you want to serve. We won't lock you in a classroom, we promise. When you shadow our kids, we want you to see, is that an environment you'd like to serve in? You follow me here? And that's the, that's the freedom that we're going to give you here at Thrive Church. We're not going to lock you in a room and say, well, you signed up for kids, now you're going to do it. And we're not, and listen, I'm not going to give you evil eyes if you decide not to do a certain ministry and do another. Have you ever got that at church? You know, you, you're not on the ushers team anymore, everybody cuts their eyes at you because you're not doing that anymore, and they don't say hey to you because you're not doing what they want you to do. Yeah, I, I've, I've been there before too. Here's, here's, here's the thing. 2013, how are we going to pass it on? Love God, love people is church bound, right? Pass it on deals with our community as well. In August, we had over four to five hundred bags of school supplies given out to local schools, social services. We did that with a church of about 30 people at that point. I'd never seen, it's like a miracle feeding the 5,000. People just kept bringing school supplies in and bringing school supplies in. We just fed J.G. Henning a staff appreciation breakfast. If you guys saw on, on my Twitter or Facebook account, they sent us a letter, a, a card. The first time a, a school has ever sent me a card to say thank you. Out of all the years of serving, I've never had a school say thank you. Now that, that might tell you something about, about, about sometimes about our leadership in, in our local schools. But this, this school said thank you. We gave them staff appreciation breakfast. For Christmas Eve, what are we doing? We got stockings. And we're going to give out to kids. We're going to bless the community with with stockings. We're looking in 2013 to do things for this community that we've never done before. 
Uh, one of the things we're praying about and working on right now is a food pantry here at this church where we can help feed the people who are underprivileged, people of this church who are struggling. And we're working with community organizations to do that. We're looking at doing things like that next year to touch the community. We're, when we do our big Easter egg hunt, we're going to give away as much stuff as we can give away to kids there that day. You say, why does that really matter, man? I, just don't, I think that's kind of, just don't like that stuff. Let me just tell you this story. When I was in Florida last year for Easter, we, we went to an apartment complex and we put on an Easter egg hunt out there and we gave away tons of prizes, giveaways. And we had probably three or 400 kids come out just at the apartment complex. And one little girl came up to my wife and she said, this is the best day I've ever had in my life. Uh, that's what that's what I want to do for this community, man. I, I want Thrive Church. I want if you go down to the Wawa or Seven Eleven and you ask the cashier, "What do you know about Thrive Church?" I want them to say, "Man, they love this community." I've never been before, but I tell you what, I just know they love this community. What if next year, you know, we baked up goods and we gave it to all our fire firemen and police chiefs and policemen and sheriffs and all that? What if we did that for the community? it on man if all we do is focus on the inside of the walls of this church man god will not bless it i can promise you and eventually it will decay and 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 the same principle i'm I'm talking about giving and serving our church should be giving and serving to this community when you give in these offering baskets each week it doesn't just go in just to this building there's a lot of a lot of overhead cost i ain't gonna lie to you but it goes into helping this community We've partnered with Chasm, our benevolence fund. You know, we don't do benevolence in-house because I'm the only staff member that Thrive Church has. And you guys know I have 24 hours in a day just like you, right? We've partnered with Chasm. And so what we do is we give to Chasm, and then Chasm helps work with people with benevolent stuff. We, we, we support the local community. To Thrive Church, you say, well, what's Thrive Church about, man? I mean, and what's this church really about? Here's our mission statement, and I, I close with this. We exist so people can experience the love of God through Jesus Christ. That's why we're here, is that people can experience God's love, man. That's why we show up each week. That's why we do what we do. And I just want to plead with you. The question you got to ask when you're getting in the car with somebody, who are you and where are we going? That's where we're going as a church. We're going to keep it simple. You hear me? Simple. What do you do as a church? We love God. We love people. And we pass it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about all these programs? We love God. We love people. We pass it on. Isn't that what church is supposed to be like? Amen. If you will, bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning.